From Guelph, Ontario, this is The Smart Seed, and I am Leanne Shagan. A few years ago, over a period of a couple months, limes were hard to come by. If my memory serves me well, the price of limes had skyrocketed. I believe at the time, a 40-pound box of limes would have cost our store around $70 wholesale, and unexpectedly it rose to around $190 wholesale. So it was a huge jump, and we actually had a conversation about whether we would even bring them in, because we knew that the majority of our customers wouldn't have even been able to afford them. I also recall the shortage actually made news. I remember listening to stories about restaurants that were taking limes off of their menus and weren't putting them in their cocktails anymore. And for me, what I was curious most about was why was the shortage happening in the first place? My job at the time, we dealt closely with produce and we would order thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of produce every single week. So we knew what prices were supposed to be and what was normal and what wasn't normal. And it was important to us to be communicative with our customers. So a couple times every week, we would send emails out with what the market was looking like, what kind of produce was looking good, what wasn't, what was in season, what wasn't, what prices were good. So I wanted to do a little research in regards to what was going on here in terms of the limes. I did some searching and I think the reasons were varied. I believe there's a massive storm in Mexico or there's some climatic events that destroyed some of the harvest. But the most interesting thing that I came across was that truckloads of limes that were making their way to America were actually being hijacked by drug cartels. And the cartels were then flipping the limes and selling them off to the US and Canada, which is crazy. You don't necessarily, at least I don't necessarily associate food with illegal activity. And it definitely said something that a food product could be worth so much that drug cartels could make more money off of selling the food than they could selling drugs. And so I wrote a little blurb about it and I sent it off. You know, it's one of those things for us as consumers, we just, we really just complain about it. You know, we complain about the inconvenience. We can't have something that we're used to having. And we really tend to forget to think about other people and how this scenario is affecting them. Which brings us to today's episode. Our topic is related to the avocado and how, if the conditions are right, all hell can break loose. This week's episode is the Knights Templar and the Green Rush. It was 1099. A group of knights traveled to the Holy Land, banded together in a mission to protect Christian pilgrims from pirates and gangs. These knights called themselves the poor fellow soldiers of Christ and of the Temple of Solomon. Obviously, the name was quite the mouthful, and over time they became known simply as the Knights Templar. The Knights Templar started dressing up in white tunics with a blood-red cross stitched along the front, 
and 30 years later they evolved into more of a militaristic monastic group and took vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. The Knights Templar were a feared force during the medieval times, and thanks to the support of the Vatican, kings, and lords, the group as a whole became very wealthy and influential. Then, in 1305, rumors started to spread from an ousted Templar that the group was participating in anti-Christian and homosexual activity. Not many thought much of the rumors. However, the King of France at the time, King Philip IV, had a problem. You see, the king was indebted to the Knights Templar, as they had loaned King Philip some money to help fund a war with England, and the king really did not want to pay that money back. So, King Philip decided to put pressure on Pope Clement to prosecute the Knights Templar for their rumored crimes. In 1307, Pope Clement ordered all members of the Knights Templar arrested and all assets seized. Dozens of people were burned at the stake, and the Knights Templar were disbanded. Centuries later, in the Mexican state of Michoacán, which happens to grow the highest percentage of avocados of the world, the Knights Templar reemerged. You would assume that if you decided to create a group and then name yourself after a medieval band of Christian knights, that you thought perhaps, you know what, we can be like them. We can protect our neighbors and be heroic, minus the poverty and chastity part. The one hiccup, of course, was that this version of the Knights Templar was a drug cartel. The Knights Templar of the Michoacan state emerged in March 2011. In public, they said that they were providing an essential service to their neighbors, protecting them from larger criminal organizations. In demonstrations, they would evoke the history of their namesake and use religious imagery to portray themselves in an altruistic manner, reminding everyone that they were a force for good. However, their role as Mexico's third largest drug cartel utterly contradicted with their message. In Michoacan and throughout Mexico, they were regularly responsible for drug trafficking, kidnapping, and extortion, for reasons we won't really get into it today. Let's just say the U.S. government was somehow involved. The Knights Templar were forced to find more profitable avenues to make money due to complications in the drug trade. It's in this environment where we learn that there are events that can occur, some random and others more deliberate, that are completely out of our control and yet can have a devastating effect on our lives. There are three elements, one economic policy, one environmental, and one social, that thrust the drug cartel, the Knights Templar, into the business of food, and it put avocado farmers in a position where they were forced to wage a war. On the surface, it was all good news for our Mexican avocado farmers. In 1994, NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, came into effect, which opened the borders of the United States and Canada. Trade restrictions were lifted against Mexican avocados, and in 2015, the state of Michoacan exported 500 million worth of avocados to the United States and Canada. Then, what seemed to occur almost simultaneously, North American avocado consumption skyrocketed at the same time that California, which produces 90% of avocados in the United States, was going through an historic drought, avocado prices went up. Avocados soon became known in Mexico as green gold, and for the Knights Templar, who were already looking for other ways to make money, it only made sense to take advantage of the avocado rush. The Knights Templar started charging a fee for every box of avocados gathered by the farmers. They took cuts from sellers of fertilizers and pesticides, and they would force farmers to give away the title on their land. If you did not comply, you or members of your family could be raped, 
kidnapped, and murdered. It was after the rape and murder of Maria Irene Venueva, whose father was an avocado farmer and could not pay the $600,000 ransom for the safe return of his daughter, that the community had enough. Community members, farmers, and small business owners became vigilantes, held bent on toppling and kicking out the Knights Templar. In 2014, these well-organized and large vigilante groups retook the town of Nueva Italia, the Knights Templar stronghold. Although the Knights Templar were disbanded, peace in the Michoacan region remains tenuous. The price of avocados are still high, and there have been reports that some members of the vigilante groups have simply replaced the Knights Templar, another gang by another name. For avocado farmers, what is desperately needed is strong and honest governmental institutions that can hold up the rule of law. For us, it is simply a story that occurs thousands of miles away. No one in particular is to blame, and I'm not too sure if any action by us the consumer is even required. Perhaps only a pause is needed. For what it does tell us is that if the conditions are right and if food can become a highly valued commodity, then what happened and is happening to the avocado farmers of Michoacan can happen anywhere, and that this could be the first story or second story or third story of many. Thank you to the Blue Dot Sessions from the Free Music Archive for their music contributions. Source material for today's podcast can be found at my website, www.thesmartseed.ca. That's all for now. Stay curious, my friends.